Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome. So glad to have you here. Guys, we've had so many great entrepreneurs, investors, amazing people sharing their story. And what we wanted to do after 200, 230 plus episodes is we wanted to bring back some of the best pieces of advice and short clips to create a power-packed podcast where you can gain a ton of knowledge in a short amount of time. So what we've done here is we've created a greatest of episode, and we really hope that you enjoy us our little picking from the best things that we've heard in the Construct Your Life podcast. So enjoy. And, you know, while you're seeing that, because I want to hear the bad side of it, just so people maybe save them from spending money that they shouldn't. What are the things that people are doing that, like, gets you frustrated that you're like, stop doing that, like, the trend or whatever they're, they're jumping off the next thing. Yeah. I call it shiny object marketing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think people jump into paid advertising way too fast and it's just a waste of money. Usually a lot of people are losing a lot of money in paid advertising. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even have friends that know how to do paid advertising that have racked up a hundred thousand dollars in debt mm-hmm. on paid advertising. That is not okay. That's not okay. Um, I would also say, and that even means buying followers, right? Because you don't really know the followers that you're buying and it's usually air, right? It's not people that are your people. They're not necessarily aligned with your values that need your message that engage with you and feel transformation just by engaging you, right? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, Austin, It's not about the number. It's not about the size of your following. It's about the quality of your following, right? So Mm -hmm. that's something that is a hot button for me. No, like, yeah, yeah. go ahead. No, it's just Seth Godin and and Aubrey Marcus were talking. He said, you only need 20 people. You, <laughs> like you, only, you only need 20 clients. He said, that's it. You can live a great life. And everybody thinks that nobody's allowed to grow organically anymore. You know, we got to, we got to come out the gate. The first podcast has to have 10,000 listeners. And it's like, I almost love the joy of like somebody finding it on episode 160. And then like, as my marketing guy that's building my website would say, then they go back and you know, binge every episode because they like it. And then that's funny. Like when I see the numbers, when let, let's say pep episode one or six start getting listened to again a year later, that's when I know it's going good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just so messed up what's happening online right now. I mean, it really isn't about the number I have. If you go to my Instagram following, I have 15, 1700 people on Instagram Mm -hmm. by all standards and rules. And whatever you hear, that is a joke. It's a joke of a pathetic number, Mm -hmm. but you know what? I had a very profitable seven figure year last year. (laughs) I am doing just fine. For me, it's not about the number. It's about the people. Those are humans engaging in my content. I have a responsibility to those people, Mm -hmm. right? 
It's not just a number. And if you start shifting your thinking to really understand it that way, you will be successful. You'll be fulfilled, most importantly, and people are going to get value of you. And then word of mouth will start to spread and other people are going to start referring you. And it just starts to absolutely grow organically as we spoke about. So I want to ask you there, because if you look at the caliber of uh, author that you're, you know, mm-hmm. speaker, author, whatever you want to say it, obviously those, uh, those people probably hang around in the same circles. Yeah. They probably do business in the same business circles or do business together. So I would say that that's probably where, don't you believe that 90% of your business comes from is them saying, Hey, she crushed it. And, and so many people, what I'm getting from my mentors, especially is that so many people are talking instead of executing and letting the details and results of executing be your, be your true marketing instead of like saying, I'm going to do all these things and saying, no, this is what I actually done. And you, you have proof right there in the pudding for your clients to, and that it doesn't get any better than that. You have to be a show me, don't tell me kind of person, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to talk a big game. I don't really believe in that enough. People are out there talking up a storm. That's fine. I'm a show me person. And so, you know, that's a really natural place for me, a natural element for me. Um, Like even this morning, it's kind of funny. Um, I was on like a final interview. I I had spoken to this man's team. They loved me, but he's like, I don't know. I need to, I need to find her for my, I need to talk to her myself. And I just had no need to prove myself. I was just silly. I was me. I was energetic. I was playful. I was creative. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a plan going into it. I just yeah. thought I'm just going to be me. And, and if that, if it's not a fit, that's cool. And he said, he just absolutely loved the call. Sure. Absolutely. He's like, this is one of the best calls I've ever had. I love your energy. Yep. I love what you said. You are so in alignment with where I want to go in my business. And he's at a really critical stage of his business right now. Um, and I'm a show me person. I don't need to tell you how great I am. Just come into a call. And if it's a fit, great. And if it's not a fit, that's okay too, because there's plenty of business for everybody out there. You don't have to be so small-minded. So if you focus on the experience that you're providing for your followers, for your, you know, Martin Lindstrom's of the world, they will naturally start talking to you or talking about you to other people because they had a good experience of you. So just focus on elevating every experience and you'll It's so funny that you say that because I think we in America take so many things that we know as just that's everybody should know it. And it's not the case. The number one, the number one issue in America is financial education. Nobody understands. And I had to work private equity to really understand how money works and where it comes from and to understand the systems of how it works. And it is not talked about. It's not teach. And that's why I'm obsessed with, with what Tim's doing and what y'all are doing at one fully life. Because I think it's when, when March hit, dude, I come 20 years from the restaurant business, right? When, when March hit and shit went south, seven days in, people were texting me, I'm out of money. And I'm like, well, of course you are because you're a waiter and you've, you've made great money your whole life and not saved any of it. And I thought to myself, okay, Austin, how do you help the most amount of people? And I was like, okay, you go back to high school and middle school and you teach kids about money, savings, assets, investing, 
it's really the only way. I mean, you hit it on the head. The only way that it changes is by education. And it doesn't have yeah. to be doesn't have to be formal education. It has to be education in general. Education, access, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. And that, and this is why I think this is so intriguing. And is that my, me and my story is the is the is the way in to help others like me. Mm. One life fully lived is the roadmap and the how in which to elevate those people. Because if you, let's like, just like, you know, if I were to go, sorry, if you were to go to people like me, when I, with people with my story, it might not resonate the same as someone who had, had lived that specific life in which to turn the light on so that they are willing to digest the information. Mm. Same thing with people with your background. If I were to go in to someone with a background that you have and I don't have the same background, people aren't going to digest it the same. Mm. However, you just gifted them a roadmap and an opportunity to combat systematic oppression by being that light that says, hey, I understand you. I see you. And here is the map in which to get you out of where you were to where you're going. It's people always joke. I say, how do you introduce yourself? I say, uh, method, meth addict, homeless, alcoholic, divorced, like right in the first five minutes. And everybody's like, why do you do that? And I'm like, cause at that moment it drops them down. They're feeling safe. Well, this fucking dude has some crazy shit. So we're good. And then what I truly realized is like, why was I so stubborn to take 20 years to get sober of alcohol? And I thought to myself, like, cause I was strong enough, but more importantly, now I have an opportunity. This, this, this podcast, like me helping people out, random people, it has nothing to do with me anymore. Nothing. And mm-hmm. when you understand that, that, that one person that you might help over there might affect 30 people, like, how could you not wake up every day, right? And that's what we have to do is we all have our stories. Everybody. Perfect example. I have a friend I interviewed. I'm going to see him on Thursday in Colorado. He's beat cocaine addiction, lost 70 pounds, lost his dad six months before his dad killed himself six months before he was born. He's beat cancer mm-hmm. twice at 26. All right. And, and I said, man, I, I haven't had cancer. I, I wouldn't know. And he goes, stop right now. He goes, adversity is as a universal thing. As a matter of if it was cancer, sexual addiction, drug addiction, he goes, we can all relate to that. And mm-hmm. if we relate to that, then we all have our stories to share. And I think that's the key, right? Because I grew up in a nice neighborhood on a country club. My dad's a doctor. I didn't think I had a story to tell. And granted, mm. I was the one that made my story back worse, but, but either regardless of that, everybody has a story to tell. And that's why I champion everybody to, to, to own their story and, 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 and share it out there. And I would imagine once you owned your story and, and, and gave and, and, and released the empowerment from it, that it was holding over you, I would imagine that you felt lighter and were able to share your story. Yeah, I was able to flip the script around what happened to me to happening for me. Because now, you know, you could sit in a victim mindset and you could be, you could be angry 
and it will just completely destroy your body in your mind, in your relationships. Or you can take a deep breath, sit with it, think about it. Now, now don't get me wrong, it's hard work. But how, you know, sitting there and thinking, damn, like, why? Why me? Right? And that's a, that is a victim mindset, but it's also a very valid question. Mm-hmm. Why me? And being able to say, all right, then why not me? How can I take all the shit mm-hmm. and turn it into a way to help others see and help um, others, you know, pay it forward in some way to help other people see that they're worthy? Because I spent my whole life understanding that I wasn't worthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and growing up and, um, and people would say, well, what in the world, what are you even talking about? You know, like, what do you mean not worthy? You, you have all these things that I would love to have. And when you look in the mirror, you see nothingness. Mm-hmm. And so developing your worthiness and, and seeing, you know, that I realized that I wasn't just something to be abused and used, but I can actually take the things that happened to me and as a, as a, as a pay it forward, as a way to help other people see that they're also worthy. Okay. And so ultimately over the last six months, seven months, I've seen a huge transformation in your, your body and how much weight you've lost. What would you attribute? Cause you were, you were working out before that. So what would you contribute the, the extreme shift lately in your health? Um, not drinking. Um, don't get me wrong. I like wine, but mm-hmm. not drinking continuous, not drinking a lot. Um, but then also it's honestly 75 hard. That's how mm-hmm. I changed my physique because, uh, one of the things on 75 hard is that, as you know, is that you need to follow a diet. So I began counting macros and I began knowing exactly what I was consuming, how much protein I was consuming, how many carbohydrates I was consuming and how much fat I was consuming. And I'll tell you this, if you want to change your physique, it's uh 85% diet and it's 15% exercise. It's mm-hmm. just process. And it's, so, it's really, it's really odd for me because somebody said something to me yesterday and it like snapped for me. Cause I'm almost done with my first 75. Is it like, it's not an issue for you because that's your lifestyle. And so it's like, when I see like drink water and I see like read a book and I see like a diet, I'm like, I already do that. So it's not like, but the focus on it is very intensive and I love it. But ultimately like, that's what everybody's trying to get to. It's like, I think too many people put it, they put metrics and, you know, they put their movement or their actions on, the set of outcomes instead of just like embodying the identity of a healthy person. Right. And so if you're a healthy person, these options aren't a decision for you. It's just who you are. And so subconsciously you don't have to stretch for that because it is what you are. So I'll say this, something that really changed for me because I've always like wanted that, you know, I've always wanted to be shredded or whatever you want to call it. And uh, that used to be my focus. I used to talk about it all the time. Um, and until I came to the point where it was no longer about the results of getting that physique and it was about enjoying the process and making the improvements 
when I shifted that mindset, that's when I really started improving because it wasn't about the prize. It was about improving every single day, improving my pace times when I'm running, improving my lifting times, um, doing different exercises that would challenge me. It wasn't about like me getting that physique because I have a firm belief that it's not about the prize doesn't the prize isn't better than the process. The process is better than the prize. And that's how it's always going to be. And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be in business. It can be in um, relationships. It can be in um, your physique. It's about the process. It's not about the prize. And if you talk to any high producing person, um, you talk to a lot of them. I study a lot of them as well as talk to them and they have the exact same mindset. It's about the process. It's not about the prize. So no, and it's, I, I was listening to an interview with Ed Milet and, and Dr. Andrew uh, Hubert, and he was saying- Oh, that, that was really good. Yeah, they've studied that you actually release more dopamine during the pursuit of a goal than actually obtaining the goal. And so that's when you hear when people sell their businesses, they, they, be, they, they hit into a form of depression. Because ultimately, like, people are like, man, when are you going to retire? And I'm like, never. Like, like, you know, like, I'll always be helping somebody, whether it's for money or free- it's just who I am because it keeps your mind sharp. It keeps you motivated. And like, I look at uh, my new coaching client, who's a uh, kind of a hard nut to crack. Like my mind's sharper than it's ever been because he's challenging every aspect of the abilities of myself. And so instead of looking at it as a, Oh my God, I'm nervous. I look at it as this is a way for me to extend the abilities of who I am. Right. And, and he's gone to other people and he's had other help, but he hasn't had my help. And so, you know, ultimately, like I'm in then and then 90% of the process or the or the getting started is believing that you can, right? And then and then going from there and, and controlling your day-to-day activities. And so, you know, you've joined Maddie A's mastermind and now you're in the RTA syndicate. And talk about um just the proximity to other people like that and and how much it's leveled up your life being around other winners. And, and oh, positive outlook. Oh, it's been significant. It's been a huge game changer for me. So, um, Matt, Matt is, has been a very, very positive influence in my life. Um, don't even hang out with him or talk to him that much, but his example, um, for me has shown me that I could be a lot more and his encouragement in the conversations that we've had has just, it really developed a spark inside of me that I could, improve who I was in that moment. And it was a huge game changer and, um, proximity is power. Um, probably the, the most impactful line that I heard at the Tony Robbins conference that I went to, and it's a little bit, it's, it's a very known line, but it was said differently. Um, he said that the, your life is dictated upon the expectations of the five closest people in your proximity. Mm. Because when you're around people like another, another person and you know him, he's, he's, he's my, he's my brother. Like he's, he's one of my best friends. I'm so, so grateful for him. Is my, is my brother, um, Ryan, Ryan Brewell. He's, mm-hmm. he's helped me so much, helped me realize, um, that I could be so much more and helped me level up. And he's been such a positive impact in my life. And ever since, honestly, knowing Ryan, I've improved, I've made drastic improvements just because 
He, as you know, is a very high producing individual. He's also, he's younger than me, but he's been a huge influence and, and mentor in my life. So just surrounding myself with people who expect me to be better has been a huge game changer for me. And ultimately, um, something I heard the other day that I think is so important, I think the same things happened to you, this happened to me, is when you're making a change or you're shifting who you are as a person, sometimes you have to hold on and cherish and use the belief that somebody else has in you before you believe it in yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is starting a business or they already have a, a business, what do you, what do you think the power of webinars are and, and kind of walk us through the process of, of where you see the value in, in something like that? I think the coolest thing with webinars is when you take a step back and look at how they're unique, um, you're speaking to three audiences when you're doing a production. So, um, and actually, I guess you could even say four because I just now realized this, but the entire marketing piece, the entire part leading up to a webinar, um, even if people don't attend it or don't register or whatever, uh, you're still shooting out a message to your audience, like kind of showing you as an expert in, in something. So there's that piece. Um, I just uncovered that. Thanks. <laughs> then now the other three that I've been kind of sharing with people recently is one, you've got your live audience. So when you do go live, you've got whoever joins you there. That's great. Two, you've got your replay audience, which a lot of times incorporates the live audience because they want to go back and see anything they missed. Um, so boom, there you go. You got the replay. And then three, this is the this is probably our favorite part once we like get down to it is now you have, you do a 45 minute hour long webinar or whatever. Now you have so many bite-sized pieces that you can take from that hour long clip to either make more offers, drive traffic, build up anticipation for the next webinar. Um, and that's, a, that's a whole nother reach. That's a whole nother audience just doing it in those bite-sized pieces. So um, you can kind of do that with podcasts as well, but I think like the lights, camera action, like boom, this is live piece of the webinar is really uh, to me, what I find most compelling, most exciting, most energizing. And I think that's what I just shared is really what differentiates it from uh, the reach that any other type of presentation currently has in, in 2021 moving forward. And and so one of my big pushes for myself moving into the new year is to get tactical, right? So, you know, there's so many CRMs, there's so many active campaigns, you know, so many different ways. So if I were, if I didn't know much, and let's say I wanted to create 10 webinars next year on how to wholesale property. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. What actual platforms do I need? What information do I need to get that started? If we were to go, you don't have to go full soup to nuts, but just kind of give me a brief overview how to get started. Yeah. I'd love to share like the getting started portion because that's still in a way where I'm at. And um, I just want to, the main thing is you don't really have to go spend a whole lot of money to do it. Cause I think a lot of people when they think webinars, like, okay, now I got to either download webinar ninja or webinar jam, or I got to pay for like zoom, those zoom webinar feature, which honestly, like they, they, it's not cheap. I I mean, at least compared to like the pro plan, I think the pro plan is like definitely less than 20 bucks a month. But if you want to get like the webinar piece, it's like, I don't know. It's an additional 40 to a hundred bucks that if you're just getting started, you're like, what? Like I'm not making any money on this. <laughs> so, um, so just keeping that in mind, the cool thing is you can still do what I would, what I do, which is a webinar. Now it's actually run through a zoom meeting. Uh, my plan allows for up to a hundred people to join where again, kind of where we're at in this evolutionary phase of <laughs> next level webinars. We're not really 
getting close to a hundred participants per, per call yet. So it's like, cool. Like I, there's no real reason to get that next package or that next level until we get there. And the other thing is like, when you do a recording, um, you, you still have the same control that you do when you do zoom webinars, but you can, again, use zoom meetings, just make sure you turn all the cameras off, mute all the mics. You can make it so no one can unmute their mic if you're in control of a meeting. Um, and then when you do the replay, this is the only thing I say, I guess I'd recommend to anyone to pay attention to. So if you're going to do one, Austin is make sure when you record that you are recording like the speaker only view, not like the gallery view, uh, Again, I guess that doesn't matter entirely, but I've just noticed if you want the replay to look like a webinar that was done with Zoom webinar, yeah. uh, you're going to want the just the speaker one at a time instead of like the whole gallery. I've made that mistake where I accidentally recorded a gallery. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's just why. I that's that's, that's worth the price of admission right there. You just saved me. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> now, the ones I'm doing for my private Facebook group are a little more chillax. So people can ask questions. We are so damn similar. It scares me. I have not had cancer, so that's not what I'm saying, guys. So just calm down, okay? But what I'm saying is when I made the decision to flip the narrative and get clean, I envisioned me as a speeding train of positivity. And I don't give a shit if you're mother, brother, sister, father. If you're not going to be on the positive train, you're going to get the F out the way. And I just can't do it because this world is hard enough and you just hit the hammer on the nail. If you can't please people as a cancer patient, then what the fuck are we doing every day? Yeah. And I, uh, I hate that you have to use that disclaimer because I don't think it's necessary for, well, well, think about it. Think about it this way. Everybody says that quitting drugs or quitting alcohol is hard because you can't drink. I disagree. The hardest part is showing up as that person, meaning the drug head or the alcoholic, into relationships where they only know you as that. Yeah. And then they're upset because you're trying to better your life. That's the hard part. Yeah. No, I meant the disclaimer of like, oh, oh I, I haven't had cancer, so I can't relate to it. Oh, and good. So like yeah. the thing that I've learned is that adversity is a universal experience. So it's not so much the what we experience, but it's how it makes us feel and how we respond. Mm. And so my whole thing is like adversity is this universal experience that can not only unite us because it, right? Like we've gone through different things, but we can relate on so many different levels. Um, and so we can use that adversity regardless of how it's happened to unite us and transform us into the people, teams, and organizations that we are meant to become. Yeah, you are a remarkable SOB, man. I'm telling you, because you know why I didn't, you know why I didn't share my story or didn't, I don't think I got sober for the longest time because I didn't view my story, my story, meaning what happened to me as valuable because I had the opportunities. I grew up on the country club. I had the dad that was a doctor and I wasn't molested or I wasn't, didn't have cancer. And you just said it right there adversity no matter what it looks like is still adversity and we yep. can unite over that and you just changed my life with that statement dude i'm telling you yeah i mean i've used my own adversity uh and vulnerability to be able to relate to i i had the same feelings it's like i I met a guy who grew up in Rwanda during the genocide at nine years old and lost a third of his family to machete or machine gun. And like, 
how am I supposed to relate to that? But the feelings that he felt, the resentment and, you know, towards the perpetrators and, you know, things like that, the feeling of having something taken away from you are all the same. It doesn't matter what we experience. It's, it's how we experience it, how it makes us feel and how we move forward. And, and more, and as people, if we can show compassion and, and, and lift up instead of, instead of project that we need to be right or our ideals on somebody and just have compassion and say, you know, I'm sorry you went through that. Right. Like, look, everybody's had something. They, they have to, you know, if you haven't, I don't know, you're probably hiding. Right. Yeah. But that is an amazing point. And, and something I want to harp on because you told me the story when we talked, you were gaining weight, you were overweight. And this is, this is wherever the story is going to turn. Like you just made a decision, right? You were like, dude, enough. This is, I can't. Yeah. So I had this dream and this vision of, you know, speaking to hundreds, thousands of people, whatever, whoever would listen at that point uh, to my story. Cause um, I had this friend who was a baseball coach and um, he, he uh, had a movie made about him and he's got into motivational speaking. And during my cancer journey, he said, you know, Dylan, one of the, it, when this is all over, you're going to speak and share your story uh, and inspire a ton of people. And just planting of that seed, I had the vision of speaking on stage and I did all this mind work while I was in the ICU. Cause I was in a hospital bed for 23 and a half hours a day. You know, the only time I got up was to go to the bathroom or do my laps in the hallway with the physical therapist. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was doing the work mentally, but at some point you got to turn those beliefs and that uh, thought of potential into action in order to get a different result. And so it was like, uh, no one's going to take me serious when I look more like Chris Farley uh, than than a motivational speaker. You know, it's going to be like, yeah, this guy's all talk. He, he's talking the talk, but he clearly is not walking enough. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, look, guys, look, <laughs> I can't even look. It matters, right? Dude, I'm dead serious. Like, look, if you're saying you're a millionaire and you're 100 pounds overweight, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter because you're, there's not parts of your life that that you're that you're that you're failing. In. I don't give a shit, right? You're a hundred. I mean, call it what it is. It is what it is. It's like yeah, yeah. And so you know, I I just I knew. So I had to have six months of clean scans before they would take me off of the treatment. So kind of long story short, I finished the experimental trials. Thought I was out of the woods with everything. I moved out to Colorado the first time in 2015. And uh, my first scan out here showed that there was two small tumors in my liver that were starting to grow again. And so uh, there was still a lot of uncertainty in my life. And so I, I just said, you know, the timing is not right here. So I moved back home to doctors that I was, again, I'd built the rapport and was familiar with. And by this point, we had bought enough time to where there was an FDA approved option on the market um, that they thought based on my success with the experimental treatment, I would have good success with, with this new option. And so I would go down every three weeks while I was, you know, working full time at a bank and I would do outpatient. So it would take about an hour and a half to, uh, inject the treatment and I would, you know, do scans and whatever. And then every three weeks I would go down again. And so the, it was a lot less intense. I was maybe a little bit tired in the afternoons after those treatments. Sometimes I would go back to work. Sometimes I wouldn't, 
But, um, you know, when I weighed in to do my last treatment and I had the date circled as my first clean scan, I marked it out six months from there. And I said, this is the day I'm going to do my last treatment or, you know, the month uh, that I was going to do my last treatment. And uh, that was going to be that. And so, uh, you know, I weighed in for my last treatment at 260 pounds and I just like this enough is enough. Whether the um, side effects were real, whether they were created in my mind or, you know, product of the treatments, I, I'm done. The line is drawn in the sand. And so I, you know, started small. I just started working out and then I quickly realized that, you know, I couldn't work out hard five days a week only to undo it in two days of two nights of drinking on Friday, drinking on Saturday, throw in a 3 a.m. pizza in there, you know, Saturday night or Friday night or whatever. And, you know, pretty soon you've just undid everything you worked hard for in those five days leading up to it. And so it was like small tweaks. I always say small hinges swing big doors, right? Like it's just the smallest tweaks that we can make in our life that can have the lasting impacts. And so um, I cut out drinking, which therefore cut out the 3 a.m. pizzas on Friday and Saturday night. Um, and then, you know, I'd lose 10 pounds and then it was like, what else can I do? I'd hit a plateau. So I was like, well, I'm eating out for lunch three days a week or whatever. And so I started taking my meals to work or I'd walk home and eat my lunch and then come back to work. And so lose 10 more pounds. What more can I do? Uh, you know, so it was cut down my rest periods, less bullshitting in the, in the weight room and really getting after it, keeping my heart rate up. Um, and that sort of thing. And then, you know, I look back 18 months later and I was down 60 pounds. And so again, it wasn't anything massive that I did overnight. Uh, and it wasn't even, you know, during the cancer that I made that change. It was literally drawing a line or a circle on the calendar and saying, this is it. I'm making a change. And so now when I look back at my life, it was like, there was a pre-cancer Dylan, there was a cancer Dylan, and there's a post-cancer Dylan. And so that's, that has helped me kind of partition those things to say, I am not this, I'm not defined by any of those things. Um, and it's really been allowed me to turn the page to say, what's next? What do I want the next chapter in my book to look like? And how do I want that to read? And so again, it's taking that pen back to say, hey, I'm going to control the things I can control. There's some things that I can't control and I'm going to rely on, you know, experts and things like that. But um, it gives you some sense of being able to control the inputs in order to get the desired outputs. Again, kind of creating those systems versus focusing. Guys, we just wanted to make this episode to thank each and every one of those amazing guests that we've had on that have come in to share their story and share their insights and their knowledge with everything that they brought to the podcast. And it's their stories and their gifts and their times that they're spending that uh, create this amazing podcast that we have. And we thank you listeners for listening to each and every one of you. And if you haven't gone and gave us a review, drop a review, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel so we can continue to share this amazing message that you're trying to construct a life that is yours and yours alone. So thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. 
Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.